Atheists deny God then try and evaluate his actions by their standards. Christians are less likely to judge God, but claim God is above human evaluation, his actions are beyond our comprehension. But the response of Christians is not satisfactory from the position of an atheist. To say a being is above moral condemnation does not equate to God being moral. These two approaches, as disparate as they seem, are not as incompatible as might be supposed. God is perfect and beyond human comprehension, that part is true. However, if it ends there, humanity is incapable of comprehending God. If we cannot begin to comprehend Him, could we understand the universe He created? We are forced to conclude that had God not made allowance for His own transcendence, we would not even be able to discuss God. In other words, God qua God is beyond man's understanding. His true nature is too sublime to be even commented on in an articulate way. The God of Scripture, however, gave us a pathway to understanding His divinity. God in His mercy took into account the mortality and limitations of man. To put this another way, God gave man an understanding of his nature to make it possible for us to address God. But we are limited in the way we can talk about God. He is known to us only in a way that accords with the way God has made himself visible to us. God is perfect and this perfection is beyond human comprehension, but in the reality we inhabit, perfection is tied to morality. God is morally perfect. We are able to understand moral perfection. It is an idea we can get our minds around. We cannot get our minds around the absolute perfection that is God. But atheists are alienated from morality and do not comprehend moral perfection. Therefore, atheists claim God is immoral. What they mean is that God does things atheists do not approve of. Of course, what God does, does not belong in the category of things done by man. God killing man is in no way equivalent to man killing a man. When God flooded the earth, atheists think of it as akin to putting rats in a barrel of water. But water and rats and barrels are not the reality of God. These are elements of a world created for man. This is not the reality in which God operates. God is not physical, and His world is not composed of physical articles. This same category error is seen when atheists think of God's miracles. They are not miracles in the reality of God. In their mind God causes a reversal of the forces of entropy and even changes the direction of time. But of course, God is not in the reality where death and decay exists. He has no need to reverse time because time is, for him, irrelevant. The death of one man or a billion does not alter God. Death is a human experience, not a spiritual reality. God changes how we see him, but he does not change. He created us rational and logical so he could have a way to communicate with us, but God is beyond logic. Man is constrained by logic, but God is beyond all constraints and limitations. 
We call God good because morally he is good, meaning in our logical reality, God exists as an infinitely good being. But this is still God as he intersects with our reality, the reality he created so he could interact with us, in a way we could understand. But atheists want to evaluate God in terms of the categories he has given us to evaluate each other. In the atheist conception of things, everything has substance. But they know God does not have substance. The only logical conclusion an atheist can come to is that a God without substance is a God that does not exist. This is only the start of what atheists condemn God for. Yet perhaps the condemnation is premature. Physical reality has been conclusively proven to not only be a postulate beyond verification, but the idea of physical reality is also not a coherent proposition. To argue the point that physical reality exists must ultimately lead to the invalidation of the claim. It is, in short, an incoherent proposition. To deny God exists is not logically possible or is not a philosophical sound argument. A reality without God cannot be established categorically. To claim that only physical things exist is incoherent. The claim establishes the existence of at least one metaphysical truth. To demand Christians prove God exists is a category error as atheists cannot prove physical reality exists. A reality without God cannot even be demonstrated to be a viable idea. The only way it might be possible for God to not exist would be if physical reality had to exist. Since physical reality cannot be demonstrated to be a necessary condition, the assumption has to be it is not a valid category of existing things, leading us to conclude the only other possibility is that an omniscient being does exist. But if man is to declare that God is evil, he has to look up what God says about evil. There is nothing in biology, evolution, or chemistry that tells us what is evil. The only information we have about evil is tied to an existent God. Atheists can say they know what evil is and if we wish, we can believe them. But if we do it is only because we know they have lifted this knowledge out of scripture. The only conception of evil we have is that derived from a perfectly righteous God. No one thinks murder is good. Most of us understand rape and robbery are evil. But no one can reasonably argue they know what evil is by sight. The killing of an innocent man and the killing of a guilty man looks the same. If we know what evil is, it is because we were told. But if we disassociate evil from God, what foundation is left on which to condemn some acts as evil? Liberals and others will pick out examples of behavior they consider abhorrent with nothing more to substantiate the claim than their own visceral reaction. The examples they give of evil are never embedded in anything like a theory of evil. The categorization of evil becomes very ad hoc in a godless environment. Evil is not behaviors that atheists have a serious dislike of. Trump is not evil because he causes you to have an anxiety attack. 
But if evil exists, then what is sin? What of moral virtue? If murder is evil, what defines moral virtue? Can they tell one from the other? Must, we ask the atheist what value an action or behavior has, if we want to know if it is good or evil. Is this claim to knowing good from evil a claim as to the infallibility of the subjective determination of the atheist? What gives them the right to opine on the nature of evil? Are they God that they can declare murder is evil but blasphemy not? Even so, can they communicate what evil is to others in a way that gives their choices divine sanction? Or, does their opinion remain forever just a personal choice? If it cannot be communicated to others in an articulate way, it does not exist. If N exists only for Tom, Tom will be assumed to be insane. It will be assumed N exists in the private reality of Tom. So, we need to be able to share our reality with others, if it is to be real and not a subjective event. Can atheists share their view of evil with others in a way that it is real to the rest of us? Or does their view of evil remain part of a personal reality the rest of us cannot access? Now, most atheists assume such is the case when they talk about God. They assume God is a part of a person's personal reality, but this cannot be so, because those who believe in God have no problem communicating and sharing their experiences with others of the faith. What atheists cannot do is communicate what their reality is other than in the most superficial of ways to anyone else. We do not know the tree is green in an objective sense because we have no idea what green means to anyone else. The idea of confirmation, phenomenologically, is nothing more than an exercise in circular reasoning. You call the tree green, and I concur, without either of us knowing what green looks like to the other person. There is no way to confirm the impressions we have are identical, nor is there a path to creating an objective standard of green. Our reality is subjective, necessarily so, as long as we remain locked inside a reality conveyed to us through our five physical senses. Yet still Christians believe our awareness of God has an objective source. If God was shown to be a physical entity, His existence could no more be confirmed than the existence of a tree. For those who pander to atheists and seek to prove God exists in a way acceptable to materialists, remember, that if God could be proven to exist physically, he would be the first thing that was proven to exist in physical reality. That is, physical things are beyond evidentiary proof. For God to be evil, God would have to exist as a causative factor. If God was evil, evil would exist as something greater than God. To put this another way, if it was evil for God to kill humans, humans would have a value greater than God. It is not sufficient for man to say his life is worth as much as God or that he has rights equal to or greater than God. If man has rights that constrain God, then man must take precedence over God. If it is wrong to kill even if one is God, there is a standard to which God is obliged to adhere to. 
But there is no standard greater than God, if there were, God would not be God. Therefore, God is in the position man attempts to put himself in. Man, as the judge of God, becomes the higher God. God, as the absolute author of rights, fulfills the conditions of God. Man thinks his feelings matter, and his concerns matter, but they matter only to him. He cannot impose his concerns on the natural world, and he cannot impose a sense of his own importance on God. God cannot be impacted by human concerns or man would be greater than God. Man cannot convince the natural world that he is too important to get sick or experience hardship and ought never to have to age and die, but he will age and die and experience all sorts of misfortune regardless. Man is not greater than nature and nature is impervious to the concerns of man. If the natural world can and does kill people, then people have no more value in nature than any other life form. As God works primarily through nature then can God be evil because nature treats man as subject to the laws of nature? Is nature evil or is God considered evil because there are laws of nature? But it is man that rejected the path God laid out and made himself the judge of good and evil. Death can be considered an evil, but death was not God's doing. At issue is the simple fact we cannot have our cake and eat it also. We are not God therefore we cannot be immune from the consequences of our actions. If we were there would be no reality. Reality is falling down if we run afoul of the laws of gravity. Sickness comes if we come into contact with disease-causing pathogens. If there were no laws of nature, there would be no nature. But we are not in Eden and so we are subject to the laws of nature. The claim that God is evil is based on nothing more than the fact there are consequences in nature. What right have man not to sicken and die? What would bad things happening to us be a sign that God is evil? What inalienable rights have we assigned to ourselves that we would think no evil ought to befall us? But no one says nature or the laws of nature are evil. Why then is God evil for what is logical and natural? There are always consequences to our actions. If the body is harmed enough, it dies. God is not evil because it is not evil to harm mankind. If harm to man defined evil, then good would be under our control. This may be what men want, but that would make us gods. Evil is not subjective. This is the point we need to get across. If evil is a matter of listing our dislikes, we have no idea what evil is. To claim we know right from wrong is not convincing. What we know is irrelevant. We are not the standard. The rest of us cannot go to you to have you judge the right and wrong of what we are contemplating. If we did, this would make you God. But throughout this discussion we see the problem of evil is primarily one of man wanting to take the high seat of God and sit in judgment as to what is good and what is evil. But evil is not tied to us, our likes and dislikes, or our desires or aspirations. 
If evil is not proven in an objective way, it does not exist apart from a subjective response to some physical event. Evil impacts others in a negative way, while sin is closer to self-harm. However, murder and violence are not categorically wrong. Context matters. At issue is if the action is destructive in an objective sense, rather than if it fulfills certain criteria. We may be violent in a particular situation, but that does not mean we have necessarily caused harm, in the sense of doing something evil. The problem we have with evil is partly due to looking at the extreme cases, and assuming we can extrapolate from these all other cases. If we have figured out murder is evil, it seems to us we would to be able to figure out the less important cases. But what do we answer if asked if unemployment is evil? Is putting people out of work wrong when it happens to me, but good if it reduces inflation by putting my neighbors out of work? But how can we think to evaluate the actions of God, if we are unable to determine the moral virtue or harm of our own actions? Logically, an action must help or harm. But what determines the level of help or harm? If the purpose of man is to add value to assets and create civilization, then there is a right and wrong way to do this. The wrong way reduces the value created. Civilization only happens when we have become highly adept at adding value to assets. Christians call this building the church. This is done in faith, because if we fear each other, nothing gets done. We are too busy protecting ourselves from the threat others represent. Ecumenicalism requires consolidation of the church. In the process there has to be an increase in specialization and a reduction in duplication. This adds value to assets. This process suggests a simplification in the way we do things. The value we create through work can be issued as preferred shares. The generation of equity forms the foundation of a currency that measures the value we create. The measure of equity is way for the church to measure progress. This accounting is also a way to evaluate the worth of what we are doing. Therefore, we can extract from the growth in the church a moral yardstick. And since, by extension, building the church is done in obedience to God, we can conclude that God cannot be equated with evil, and that in fact anything that serves to detract from the building of His church is evil. Evil is simply a destruction of value. God never destroys value, He cannot. God is the measure of value. The church represents God on earth. It is in building the church that we add value to the assets of God. It is in helping build up the faithful that we do the will of God. God cannot be evil, logically speaking. God divine is beyond good or evil. Good comes through creation. Human value comes through adding value to the things of God. Evil comes when we do not do good, this is evil be omission and we do evil when we harm the value of what is God's. This is evil by commission. But if God eliminated all things it would only reduce things to their natural and neutral state. 